Welcome friends, James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com. Today is the 1st of April 2014 here in Japan. It is April Fool's, but back in the United States is still the 31st of March, where we're joined on the line today once again by BoilingFrogsPost.com editor and founder Sibel Edmonds. And of course, those of you in the listening audience should need no introduction to her and her work or to our recent conversations on many different topics, including a conversation that we held back in January of this year on the subject of Erdogan's fall from grace there in Turkey as a former globalist golden boy who is definitely on the outs with the globalist jet set these days and is looking particularly beleaguered as uh, his international bankers start to back away from him. And this is very interesting. Um, we've, we talked, for example, in that conversation in January, which I will put the link in the show notes for this interview so you can go back and listen to again. One of the things that we talked about was how part of this uh, distancing of the globalists from Erdogan came in the form of Erdogan being left holding the bag in Syria as uh, seeming to be the, the, the one person out there that was still continuing to have big support for what was happening in Syria, even as the rest of the globalists started to back away from those plans. And lo and behold, here we are in uh, late March, early April, and lo and behold, the, this new recording has leaked online, which again, I'll put the link in the show notes for those of you who haven't seen it, showing high-ranking Turkish officials conspiring to commit a false flag attack to blame on al-Qaeda in, in order to justify further military aggression in Syria. A very interesting turn of events, and of course, Sibel Edmonds, an absolute wealth of knowledge on these subjects, so it is good to get here, get you here to get your take on what's happening. Um, let's put this into perspective for people. Um, what I what exactly has happened, and what does this mean um, for in terms of Turkish, Turkish in internal politics, and also what's happening in Syria? Well, uh, as far as the what it means, I don't think it means much. As far as what we have in our hands, we really don't know because the four most important questions are not answered and, and with this tape. One is who did the recording, which we have a pretty good guess, what was recorded, and, and I'll get to that in a second, and why it was recorded and released, and when it was recorded and when it was released. Uh, well, we know when it was released. Uh, it was recorded a long time ago, uh, and as far as who... Uh, recorded this, we have a pretty good idea that it is uh, it's going to be Gulen, Fethullah Gulen, Imam Gulen related uh, network insiders, the ones who have penetrated the Turkish you know, military, Turkish police, and of course as we can see, the office of Prime Minister uh, very successfully and also uh, the, the other important thing is with this authentication of the tape now, uh, there are two ways of authenticating, or the two grounds one is the voice, and it hasn't been authenticated, but I would say they are th authentic uh, it's pretty obvious there but I listened to the tape several times and I looked at the transcripts as well. And to me, what it seems uh, very important here is the transcript. And when you listen to the tape, you see a lot of inconsistencies and, and, and uh, which points to that this was not recorded during one meeting and with those uh, individual present, it looks and it sounds like uh, a patchwork, meaning um, much of these conversations were taken from various contexts during different times, and then they were connected together and put together in the state, and they have done a pretty shoddy job with that. <laughs> Obviously, they, they maybe rushed it, I don't know. They haven't done a good job, but this uh, recording 
and the transcript is not coming from one particular meeting. And, and it's very um, easy to do when, when you can take sentences out of different contexts from different times and put it together, you can arrive at a totally different, uh, whole different meaning. So that hasn't happened, but again, from looking at it, I'm not a forensic expert, but I did work for the FBI and I did do translations on tapes like this, live or pre-recorded, and uh, and this does not sound authentic in terms of being uh, recorded during the same time. And as far as why it had it was released, again, that is pretty obvious here. It was not released to increase uh, public awareness or or for altruistic reasons. They released this tape a few days before the local elections, a very highly strategic sensitive elections in Turkey. So uh, so the intent is extremely important to see, you know, what was the intention behind releasing these tapes and uh, the intentions are not good <laughs> or it's not for the public knowledge or because there are some people who are concerned about a war with Syria. It, it has nothing to do with any of these reasons. The intent is pure and simple. They wanted to affect the influence, the elections result. So that that's for that. And, and uh, another important thing that for me shows that this has been highly edited and, and tempered with the recordings. Again, I'm very familiar with discussions uh, that takes place, uh, take place within the diplomatic communities and, and various governmental entities um, as part of my work with the FBI. And, and uh, especially with Turkey, there would never ever be such a meeting, long meeting on this kind of a topic without the mentioning of minimum of 100 times, at least every other in every other sentence, uh, mentioning of Pentagon, NATO, the United States, because as we know, Turkey is part of the NATO, He's a, Turkey is a member of NATO, and of course, Turkey uh, was stopped later in this whole process with Syria from going even at it alone because they were already bogged down in, into this whole mess with Syria that was completely crafted by, by the United States, of course, Pentagon. Uh, so there is no mention. That itself will tell you that that was sanitized and the tapes were heavily sanitized. And why would they sanitize the parts that have to do with the United States and NATO and their positions? Well, of course, that's because the actors that are involved that, you know, did the recording and released it. This is Fethullah Gulen, which is completely under CIA's management. Uh, Fethullah Gulen has been with Langley CIA since 1997, has been working. Uh, it's the, the operation of the CIA and NATO, Gladio B, that we have spoken about. Uh, so as you see, they are basically protecting their masters by sanitizing the tapes from all the information or conversations or points made that would have had or would have had uh, Pentagon or the United States or NATO. But I can guarantee you that there would never be a meeting like this, a topic like this, where you won't hear several times, dozens of times, Pentagon, well, NATO or particular people within the NATO. It just doesn't take place because it doesn't. It hasn't and it won't and it doesn't. 
Well, just to add to the confusion of all of this that's taken place, the initial release was, I believe, labeled as part one, implying that there would be a part two to this. And in the intervening days, we've seen another version of this conversation, a longer version that contains some different parts and uh, uh, more to the transcript released. And we've just went over that on off air before we started this conversation. And it does contain some mention of America, but nothing particularly substantial. So again, I think the question of where that NATO and Pentagon and, and intimate uh, references are is still a very valid one. Although it does even, I think, further raise the question of uh, where did this come from in terms of how many different conversations have been stitched together? Why was this released in multiple parts? Um, what was the intent of, of all of this? Um, now, Just the fact that you have different versions of the same tape, for example, that exactly. alone speaks volume. Exactly right. Well, uh, the, the way, of course, that this was reported on in the American mainstream media was to say that uh, there was a release of a conversation talking about Syrian war plans and that this has embarrassed the Turkish government and thus the crackdown on Twitter and YouTube in Turkey. Um, but as you uh, have pointed out, there there has been really no significant consequence to the release of this tape, that in fact the elections uh, proceeded as, as, as planned and, and didn't have much of an effect. Correct. And again, that is due to several reasons. First of all, as I said, the significance of this tape for Turkey is not much. Um, it should be to, to some degree, but... Again, what overrides the significance is, you know, Turkish people are not stupid. They know who did this and why they did this. And they're playing very smart, saying, well, that's a different topic. I mean, we, we are going for the local elections. And the second reason we see the results of the elections being as such, uh, they didn't even lose much in terms of percentage, AKP, uh, is that there are, there has been really no real alternatives in Turkey. I mean, you're looking at, if you look at pre-Erdogan and look at people who were in power, especially when you're looking at Tansu Chiller and Mesut Yilmaz, and during this era, of course, Susurluk happened, and we have discussed Susurluk a lot, and you look at the number of scandals these people had, and, and, and the amount of money, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of money that they actually took away from the public. In fact, with Tansu Chiller, she and her husband took the money, hundreds of millions of dollars from a bank, and they brought it to the United States. This was when uh, Prime Minister, ex-Prime Minister Tansu Chiller became a U.S. citizen. <laughs> she was given green card and then was involved with IMF. And they were they they were wanted. Uh, her husband was wanted in Turkey. This was the ex prime minister for embezzlement. They set up this phony banks. They got hundreds of millions of dollars. They took the money. They shut down the bank. And this is people, regular people's money. And then they flew to the United States of America, <laughs> and they were handed green cards. And even though they were wanted, nobody handed them over. Lo and behold, a few years later, she came back and became the prime minister with her fugitive husband. So Turkey is used to scandals like that. Turkey is used to having um, politicians, parties like that. So if you look at relatively speaking, you know how we always talk about the lesser of the two evils compared to what they, we have had within the recent history of Turkish politics, and even the scandals with the financial things were not to that level of what we had previously. And, and, uh, and again, relatively speaking, between this current administration and the previous ones, they have done far more you know, positive things in the country uh, than, than the previous ones. Again, I'm not, saying, I'm not trying here to paint uh, Erdogan as a saint or someone really good. I'm just 
painting the picture that what Turkish people see, what they have had in the past, who are the alternatives today on the ground, how this administration has been for over 10 years, okay? And when they look at these things and the party, well, they go there and they cast their vote accordingly. And that's exactly what they did, and that was exactly what I was expecting, which was a huge blow to the operations of CIA through Fethullah Gülen. And, and it's not over yet. Actually, we are going to see things heating up much, much more and escalate from here on. As we know, the Turkish government, the Erdogan's government, just confiscated and, and, and nullified uh, Fethullah Gülen's passport green passport that was supposedly obtained illegally. So we have that. And uh, this week, the Turkish government is going to apply for a formal request of extradition of, of this man, uh, Fethullah Gülen, from the United States. But meanwhile, it's, again, politics, you know, never simple. It's really complicated. And you have all sorts of smokes and mirrors. A lot of other things are coming into play. For example, we have had the developments with Ukraine. Now, with Ukraine developments, the United States, that includes the CIA, they have now reason to keep things kind of pacified. They don't want to, at this point, piss off Erdogan. They don't want to rattle things too much, even though that's their um, end game. That's what they want to get. Because United States, Europe, they need Turkey in anything that may develop with Russia on this Ukraine issue. Well, Turkey, NATO member, but look at strategically on the map where Turkey is, and Turkey's position strategically and its power as far as the Black Sea goes. Anything goes through that sea, you know, has to go through Turkey. So at this point, uh, there is a possibility that uh, they, they would try to kind of uh, try to pacify Erdogan by not ruffling his feathers too much. And we'll see what's going to happen with Gulen because right now with Ukraine, they want Turkey on their sides here in the United States and EU. And uh, another interesting thing that took place was this recent visit to Israel and, and the fact that we are seeing from the Israeli media that they are trying to normalize the relationship with Israel. And that is kind of a little bit backtracking by, by Erdogan. So behind the scenes, we may have these situations that there are lots of things going on, compromises, you know. You kind of bring your tone down on Israel, <laughs> which we know that our politics here in the United States heavily influenced by Israel. Uh, we try to do some things in terms of maybe hold back Gulen's operations for a while. Uh, we want your full support with, with, with Ukraine situation, which we are even seeing with the case of Tatars there, uh, in, in over there, because we, we have read and heard that some Turkish special operations uh, military units have already gone there, and they're operating there because they're saying, well, Tatars are, are, are you know, Turkish heritage, and they, they have the you know, reason to go there and try to help them out, see what the situation is. So it's very complicated. You have Ukraine on one hand, and then you have what's happening with Fethullah Gülen and CIA and Erdogan. And of course, we also have the recent developments here in the United States where 
they are now um, saying that the administration Obama that they may want to give some uh, some portable missile to the rebels. So we are going back again on Syria. We had this pause situation, of course, with Russia stepping in. Then we have the new developing Ukraine situation. Now Syria is escalating again. And of course, we have all this mess. And, and again, Turkish strategic uh, position. And again, it's a curse. It's blessing because Turkey can use its strategic position to gain much more power and have a say, you know, and stand up and say, we don't want this because look, we are in this position as far as strategically uh, uh, it's concerned. However, they, they, Turkey, Syria's uh, up north from Syria, right there on the border, and you have Ukraine, Black Sea region. It would be a tremendously awful mistake for the United States at this point, at this particular point right now, to piss off Erdogan or escalate their operations. So we may see some reversal. We may see some discussion on, on Fethullah Gulen. Are they going to hand him over, which they're not going to do that. He may end up going to New Zealand, and there's a discussion <laughs> on that. As we said, he's just a symbol. The guy is senile. He hasn't been even giving interviews. He's like 80 years old. It's not Fethullah Gulen. It's the network which is totally under the direction and the management of uh, Langley's, the CIA. Well, what you, what you say there makes a lot of sense. And if, certainly if this recent recording didn't source from the Gulenists, then who did it source from? I think we have to see that. And of course, who are the Gulenists? As you say, they are puppeteered by the CIA. And uh, that obviously most, uh, most obviously in the form of Gulen himself being brought to Langley before he was shipped off to Philadelphia. Um, so I think that all is of a piece. But the part of that that I don't understand is why would the CIA la uh, release a recording that talks about a potential false flag operation to start a, a, a cause uh, for war with Syria, thereby undermining the potential of using such a strategy in the future? Wouldn't it seem to undermine their own potential war strategy there? At this point, no. I think because we still have the pause on Syria. I mean, the Syria case is not over, but I don't believe they want, it would be a nightmare for the United States and NATO if Turkey were to decide to go at it alone currently at this time. Believe me, six weeks from now, things may change. We don't know what's going to happen with Ukraine and we don't know what's going to happen with our relations with, with Russia. But at this stage, when, when there's so much mess happening there, I mean, we have South China Sea that is not as escalated, but it is a little bit brewing there. But we have so much taking place with Russia and Ukraine there. The last thing right now the United States wants is Turkey going at it alone. Then it's going to, what's going to happen with NATO and the United States? They, they are going to be doing something that they don't want to do right now. As I said, they want to do it. They are set to do it with Syria. Syria is not over, and we are going to be doing it to Syria as we have done elsewhere. It was just this pause, but they don't want to do it right now. Uh, it may change because, as we see with Congress here, with Obama here, they are back into supporting overtly the rebels again, including giving them the sending them the portable missiles. But even a few weeks makes a big, big difference as far as military and intelligence operations and strategies are concerned. And they don't want some hot-blooded Turkish, you know, military going there at it alone. So maybe that is, in a way, uh, a pause. Because a false flag attack like that would totally sway the public opinion in Turkey. 
I mean, overnight, everybody would be saying, we want to go into Syria. We want to nuke Syria. We want to just ge- commit genocide. It's it, that, that, you know how it is, you know, with 9-11, it's no different. And, and uh, they don't want it at this point. And, uh, but Turkey, the, 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 the public's opinion, I hope it has been at least that much influenced by the tape, meaning, um, if there were such an attack, they have to pause and, and think about it and say, was it real? You know, maybe they didn't learn a lesson or many countries. I, I doubt so from, from 9-11, of course. But uh, but with this case, with the tapes being released, at least that scenario, they, they couldn't play it. Uh, and that would be um, the, the false flag attack at this point while the things are fresh. On the other hand, I just read this morning that there was a the, one of the missile that came through the border and blew up the mosque, and there was like one lady or two people casualties Turkish, and it came from Syrian border. Of course, we don't know who which side in Syria did it, but the previous big incidents with casualties in Turkey, initially Turkey wanted to use that against Assad's government, but lo and behold, intelligently. Other things became public, and we found out that it was actually the rebels that caused that and the incident and casualties. So that kind of pacified and said, well, we can't do that. And I believe that was when the recording took place. If I were to have a wild guess to say, yeah, well, we got to do it in such a way that it would be completely blamed on, on, on the Syrian government and and take care of this. A lot of things got rattled. It was not Turkey's decision with what's happening in Syria. In fact, the relationships were pretty cozy and warm with Assad. And of course, you and I reported this. Boiling Frog's post broke the first stories in the U.S. about the fact that the U.S. military in Turkey, in Injerlik base, they were training Syrian rebels there. They were training and they've been doing it since May 2012. And when we did that, people started attacking us, saying, "You well, we reported it before anyone else did, months before anyone else did. And, and uh, so Turkey got dragged into it. And then, of course, later the United States backed off with what took place with Russia. And that put Turkey, and it still has put Turkey, in a really bad situation because it also has rattled the balance and situation with the Syrian Kurds. While Turkey has had lots of problems and interactions negative also with the Kurds in Iraq, northern Iraq, uh, they haven't had much problem from the Syrian side. Now, with everything happening, with Assad's regime being in the position it is today, and all these different factions, which includes the Kurdish faction, which is Turkey's big problem, Turkey considers it a huge problem today still, uh, we we have that situation that now Turkey has to deal with, and they're like, how are we going to deal with this part? And uh, this is why there may be discussions about the false flag attack and going at it alone. And again, any of these discussions would involve dozens and dozens of times of referring to individuals uh, within NATO and Pentagon and the Obama administration. I have not during those times, thousands of tapes, I have never listened to any conversation involving anything related to military in Turkey, not even only war, anything that did not involve heavily Pentagon and the State Department and the administration, and to a certain degree, of course, NATO. That's one of the reasons I'm telling you this tapes, these tapes were heavily edited, censured, 
they were uh, altered with, tempered with, and uh, and it's not what it seems to be. Very interesting indeed, and I think one of the most interesting parts of this is that even though it wasn't released for altruistic purposes, and even though it was heavily redacted, it could still have a good effect on at least getting people to question the in the event of the wake of whatever tragedy comes along. So hopefully, absolutely, hopefully I would call that a positive externality. You know, you have negative. This is positive externality. No matter what, it has nothing to do with elections or anything. It put it within people's consciousness both at home in Turkey, but also abroad. So that, that, that's a good thing. And saying that even if that was going to, you know, take place, it's not going to just for the fact that it was released, though that was not the intention of releasing these tapes, because it's, ah, that scenario is not going to work. <laughs> uh, that hand was played before. All right. Sabelle, I know you have to get going. Um, just one last thing that I wanted to, to sure. ask you about. You, you, uh, just another move on this chessboard. You brought my attention to an article, charges launched against Gulen, Gulen Gang Intel chief, talking about charges that Erdogan is bringing against Ali Fuet Yulmezer, the intelligence chief behind the investigations which preceded the Ergenicon and other trials. Um, is this a significant part, or is this just more of the, the back and forth between Gulen and, uh, and Erdogan? It's very significant. It's actually huge. Uh, it is actually far more significant than, than even the tapes. That's very important because, again, a lot of people may not be familiar with Ergenekin, and we don't have the time to bring them up to date with that. They should go back and look at what has been happening for several years in Turkey when uh, the Erdogan administration went after high-level generals, people within military, some journalists, and started rounding them up, accusing them of this operation. That is most likely true to the, the operation by these ultra-secularists, ultra-nationalists to overthrow the Erdogan administration because it's Islamic and replace it by something more ultra-national, militaristic uh, administrations. So they've been putting them in jail. This has never happened. Nothing like this has ever happened in Turkey. And, uh, well, this was initially uh, being done by Fethullah Gülen's uh, advice order together with Erdogan's administration and uh, and with everything happening with Fethullah Gülen, uh, Erdogan has been removing, has been trying to remove himself from this whole scenario by putting it on the <laughs> intelligence chief and Gülen movement and the prosecutors and saying these people did it, I had nothing to do with it because we have these kind of separations, you know, how we have supposedly the separations of power. That's very, very important. Not only that, we have had several signals from uh, Erdogan saying that most likely these people will be released, that they are going to drop charges. Because when you're cornered the way uh, Prime Minister Erdogan has been or was before this election in this situation, when uh, not only you have Fethullah Yulan, but you have other people who have equally, you know, strong reasons to want to get rid of you, like ultra-secularists, the ultra-nationalists. I mean, it gets to be a pretty scary situation. So politically, strategically, the first thing you would want to do is you try to maybe kiss up to one of the sides, try to get them calm down and, and deal with one enemy rather than dealing with two or three enemies and, and start being surrounded by them. So this is the way, I guess, Erdogan is trying to isolate Gulen and the Langley's movements and operations in Turkey from the ultra-nationalists, what is the first thing he would do? He would back off from Ergenekin 
charges and operations that were uh, targeting these generals, releasing these generals saying, okay, you know what? We're going to back off. And, 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 and you back off a little bit here. Uh, there was even there were even these talks that Gulen was going to forge some alliance with the ultra-nationalist, ultra-secular to go after Erdogan, which would be absolutely crazy, insane. But it, there were such talks. In fact, one of the candidates there was, you know, supported uh, in the background by Fethullah Gulen, and a bunch of other things came out that they were trying to not the entire uh, CHP, which is JHP, they, most of them or their supporters would be outraged, absolutely outraged. I mean, look at the concept, ultra-secular, ultra-nationalist joining forces with Fethullah Gulen, uh, Islamic mullah, imam. Well, uh, because desperate situation calls for desperate measures, and and it happens, you know, you see it in Europe too. When some coalitions, really questionable coalitions, are 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 formed to go after whoever is the incumbent. Well, that was going to be the case here, and I believe this is one way Erdogan trying to neutralize that, saying, "Well, you know what, we back up." And of course, the sacrificial lamb here <laughs> was the intelligence chief, who actually said, "No, that's not true," you know. That was the administration was part of this, but not very strongly. You know, usually behind the scenes they make an agreement. Can you please be my fall guy? You know, we had G. Gordon Liddy, for example, going to jail. So you have similar situation with that. But that is very, very important. And what's going to follow, meaning uh, how the Turkish administration, current administration in Turkey, is going to back off from all the. Operations Ergenekin and the trials and and the people who have been imprisoned. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Also, with what's going to happen with this extradition request from Turkey for Fethullah Gülen's extradition. Again, that's gonna that's gonna come. I mean, all these things are gonna unfold within the next few weeks. Well, this is fascinating, and I know you have to get going, so we'll let you go, but absolutely uh, just a ton of information here. So we will throw in some links for people who are just coming to this information for the first time, and hopefully you can find your feet in there. Uh, Sibel Edmonds, always a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Good to be with you again.